This is Brain Diet, episode number 41. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Today's topic is self-confidence. I specifically chose this topic because last week's episode was all about self-doubt. If you haven't listened to it, make sure that you do. Doubt is oftentimes more present than confidence because our brain is wired to look for the negative. So when I ask people about their doubt, they can come up immediately with so many examples and thoughts and problems versus when I ask people about their confidence, it's usually much more lean in terms of what they can offer me in what they are confident in or how they feel about themselves. So that is the purpose of today's episode is to shed some light on the way that our brain works, how to cultivate confidence what it is, how we can define it, how we can understand it in a way that helps us because confidence is amazing. Have you ever been around someone that's super confident? When you're around people that are so confident, it's energizing. It's so fun. And honestly, confidence is contagious. And I even remember when I was very young, I had to have been five or six, and I was pretty shy. And my wonderful cousin, who is a few years older than I am, was so confident. And she would go up to any adult and have a conversation with them. And she would order her own sandwiches at Subway. (laughs) And she was so confident that in a moment, in a single moment, it was like, it just gave me permission to do the same. I was like, wait a minute, if she can do that, then I can too. Like it was such a drastic switch for me. And I remember even as a young child experiencing that. And it happens in children, but it can also happen with adults, as adults. I think of my sister-in-law. She is the same person no matter who she is around. And she can admit when she's wrong. It really is nothing short of inspiring to be around her because she is energetic and she is herself unapologetically. It really is such a fun thing to surround yourself with people that are confident. It's almost like an experiment because once you do, it really does start to become contagious. It starts to like bleed onto you where you're just soaking up confidence. And then one day it's like it can just give you permission to be confident. And when we feel confident, it feels amazing. Life really is so much better with confidence. Feeling confident energizes you versus a lack of confidence when you aren't feeling confident. When you're doubting yourself, it feels very depleting, right? Something that I compare this to is riding a longboard. My, actually a few of my family members can ride longboards. And I've never been able to do it. But when I try, I'm so tentative and so cautious, overly cautious, I would say, and so concerned about falling and getting hurt that when I do end up trying to do it, I end up falling and getting hurt because I am so overly cautious about it. 
And sometimes I imagine if I were wearing like a bodysuit of pillows or something really soft, I would be so confident when I would be riding a skateboard, which I might still fall, but I probably wouldn't fall as drastically. I'd be able to catch myself. It's kind of like in movies when we have that placebo effect where someone thinks they get powers and all of a sudden they become confident when in reality it's just this belief that they've given themselves permission to think that creates this confidence. So with longboarding, even if I didn't have the bodysuit of pillows but believed that I did, I would show up with so much more energy and I would be so much more capable of learning how to longboard. And even if I'd fall, I'd be able to like take the falls better because I would believe that I was confident in my ability to learn how to do it, to fall correctly, to do the things right in order to know how to longboard. Because when we are confident, we are more able to handle problems. We are more curious and more patient. Like I think of with my kids, when I'm feeling confident, I am so much more present with my kids, so much more ready to help them and love them and and be there for them as they are throwing tantrums and doing what kids do. Confidence really does provide a certain usefulness in our lives. Now, I was involved in drama growing up. I was in musicals and choirs and I sang and acted and I love those things so much. And I was thinking about this my senior year in high school, we did Into the Woods as our musical. And I learned all of the lyrics and the music to this musical. And the more that I looked at these lyrics, I was like, these are incredible. Stephen Sondheim is just brilliant when he creates these songs and lyrics and scripts and all the things. And as much as those words are brilliant, if someone had them on a piece of paper and stood in front of you and with a lot of insecurity and self-doubt tried to say those words or tried to sing one of the songs, it wouldn't be entertaining. It wouldn't be fun to listen to, even though what he has created the words and the music are incredible when delivered without confidence. It's no fun to listen to. Now, you think of Into the Woods when it was on Broadway and you think of the actors that were delivering these words with such confidence. It created an entire experience all because of the way they delivered something that was already beautiful. But because of the way they showed up with confidence, it creates this amazing Broadway experience. Now, I even want you to imagine... If you were to write a song, and if it were just okay, if it was a mediocre song, if it was delivered with confidence, it's still going to be so much more of an experience, so much better of an experience than a Broadway tune delivered with a lack of confidence. There are so many artists out there that write songs that are okay But because they deliver amazing shows and are confident in the way they show up with what they have, people will show up and pay them money. It's incredible. Even think about salespeople. Like there can be a product that's mediocre, but if someone sells it well enough with enough confidence, you're like, wait a minute, maybe I do want to buy that thing. Maybe I want to buy that weird vacuum or that weird mop or that weird bug spray. (laughs) Confidence really is useful in our lives and it creates experiences and it energizes us. Confidence is also useful because it minimizes negative emotions. 
If we are worried about something or afraid of something, confidence can minimize those feelings. If you are worried about public speaking, even if you're not confident in public speaking necessarily, if you're confident in yourself and your ability to handle negative emotions and your ability to show up and be present, public speaking becomes a lot easier. Or if you're afraid of losing a job, if you have confidence, it makes that fear so much less because you're confident that you will figure it out and that there are so many other jobs out there and that you have capabilities to find another job. So this is where it can be useful when you are facing something. If you're feeling a negative emotion, if you were to ask yourself, if I thought really great things about myself, if I believed in myself, if I was confident, would this still be a problem? Confidence means to be secure in yourself and your abilities. To be secure in yourself is just the way you think about yourself. Being secure in yourself doesn't require anything external. It only requires your brain. And your brain is so much more within your control than how tall you are or whether or not you can water ski. In order to start developing self-confidence, we have to recognize that we didn't create us. You aren't responsible for creating a body that breathes and a brain that thinks. Something greater than you created that. So there's you that was created by something far greater. And then there's your thoughts about you. Those are two separate things. You might have thoughts like, if only I were thinner, or if only my face looked like hers, or if only I could have that talent. But really, those are just sentences that your brain offers you. They are separate from you and the greater power that created you. Because of this, nothing you can do or think or say can take away from your worth as a human. You may not believe me, but I want you to take a second and be curious about this. What if this could be true? What if what I'm telling you right now could be true? What if I was right about this? If your worth is inherent and confidence only has to come from the sentences you teach your brain to think, what would be different? How would you show up differently? There has never been a human made exactly like you. And because you were created by something other than you, it's not your job to judge this creation. It's your job to marvel at it and be curious about it, to get to know it. And you can also ask, why me? Why was I created this way? Why was I created at this specific point in time? Why was I given these specific characteristics? If we're judgmental with these questions when we start asking them, then we're going to think that our lives have gone wrong or something about us is off. And our brain will say things like, well, I should look like these other people or these Instagram models, or I should be smarter, or I should be more athletic, or I'm too fat and short and tall and lazy and awkward and skinny. Or outside of us, we look at the way that our life has gone and we say, I should have had different parents or different friends or grown up somewhere else. Then I could have been confident. It's so much easier for us to believe these things than it is just to celebrate all of that as if it was meant to be that way. 
we are supposed to be just as fat or short or tall or awkward or funny or shy as we are. That is what we can delight in. I coached a woman a while back who had many very outgoing coworkers, and she was shy and she was feeling so uncomfortable that she wasn't as outgoing as they were. She wanted to be social and funny and make jokes, and she was feeling ashamed that she wasn't that way. And I had to remind her, she was created exactly the way that she was. She's supposed to be shy. She's not supposed to be outgoing. She's not supposed to make jokes like that. She's supposed to be her own version of her. And that's exactly how it was intended. We have an idea of how we should be sometimes. And when how we should be doesn't match the reality of how we are, we're in so much pain over that. We feel like we're ruined. But ruined compared to what? All you've ever been is you. So confidence is knowing yourself and trusting yourself. A self-confident person thinks that they are good and capable and worthy. And they are going to think that they are strong and competent. But notice, those things don't have to be proven true. They are simply perceptions and a choice of how to think. We think sometimes that we will gain confidence once we create a result to prove that we can be confident. We think, once I lose weight, then I can be confident. I want to caution you of this because confidence coming from results is much harder to control and much more out of reach and actually isn't really true. Confidence doesn't actually come from results. It doesn't come from getting an educational degree. It doesn't come from the amount of weight lost. It doesn't come from getting married and it doesn't come from getting divorced. If we feel confident after those things, it's because we've given ourselves permission in our minds to do so. Because there's the weight that's lost, and then there are our thoughts about the weight that is lost. Two separate things. It's kind of like walking. We learn to walk as children, and right now, I am very confident in my ability to walk. Even if I stood up right now and fell down while I was trying to walk, I wouldn't all of a sudden be less confident because I suddenly had the result of falling. I would still be giving myself permission to believe that I was confident in walking, only because I would be choosing to think that way. I would give that permission. True confidence comes from our brain alone. It comes from belief in our ability as a human just because we're alive. Confidence comes from simply aligning our brains with our worth that is inherent. You are 100% worthy, and so is everyone else. This is where we have to be mindful of comparing ourselves to others because comparing in this way is an example of scarcity of confidence. Like if you see someone on social media and you admire their traits and you see so much confidence in them, you think, if she's so confident, then I'm going to be less confident because I don't match what she is. But really, 
She is 100% worthy and you are 100% worthy as a human. There is an abundance of worthiness for every human. There is an absolute nature of worthiness for every human. Now, if there is something that you want to do and you've never done before, sometimes this is where people are like, how can I be confident in something if I've never done it before? And this made me think this year, 2020, I wrote down the goal, the New Year's resolution, to be able to do the butterfly kip in CrossFit. And what that is, is just kind of like a swinging pull-up motion. And it's kind of what they call the cheater pull-ups because you're not strictly pulling yourself up. You're swinging into them. But I was so intrigued when I started CrossFit two years ago about this movement and how people could control their body to move in such a way. I was like, I want to learn how to do that. When I started learning how to do it, I had no confidence in my ability to do the butterfly kip because I couldn't. I could barely hang from the bar. But I was confident in my commitment. I was confident in my ability to keep trying. I was confident that if so many other people in the world could do it, then I totally could too. And I will tell you people, I'm able to do it now. I have completed that New Year's resolution. (laughs) So even if we haven't done something before, it doesn't require confidence in the thing in order to accomplish it, in order to do it. It requires that self-confidence from within, from our brain, that trusts ourselves, that believes in ourselves. Sometimes people will closely relate self-confidence with arrogance, but really, arrogance is an action. If you are showing up as arrogant, that's an action. And how you act is driven ultimately by how you are thinking. So if a person is acting arrogant, the belief that's driving it is usually insecurity. If you're feeling insecure, you're going to overcompensate with arrogance, which isn't confidence. So the two are very different. There is an abundance of confidence for everybody. There is an abundance of worthiness for everybody. And arrogance shows up as a superiority to others. So let's talk about it. How to be more confident. How to cultivate confidence. The first thing you have to do is get to know yourself. I want you to think if no other person existed on planet Earth and you had to find out things about you, what do you think you would find? If you had to discover what it is you truly enjoyed doing or how you wanted to spend your time or what flowers you liked or what foods you liked or what locations you preferred, confidence has to start with knowing what you need to be confident in. And that requires curiosity. We have to be genuinely curious and remove all judgment as we explore who we are. You can ask yourself, what would a dream day look like? Or what would your dream life look like? This also includes getting to know your weaknesses and faults. One of the most empowering things that I ever learned to do is admit that I was wrong. Because when I could accept that I am weak in so many areas and don't know so many things and love myself anyway, I'm able to be so much more confident. I don't have to know everything and be able to do everything in order to be confident. I just have to trust myself and know myself enough to be like, yep, that's one of my weak spots. I'm definitely wrong there. 
people that are self-confident, they have no problem admitting when they don't know something or they don't have the answer or when they fail. Accepting our weaknesses is equally as important as recognizing our strengths. It's a balance of both and loving all of it. So first step, get to know yourself. Second, you have to ask, do you even know what you want? Other people rightfully so, might tell us what we should want. As we are raised, we are taught values, a value system. That's how it's intended. Parents teach children, right? But sometimes we are told what we want or what we should want so much that we might have suppressed our desires so deeply that you might superficially believe that you want the things that you were told you should want. So that's where you have to really get to know yourself and pay attention enough to figure out what it is that you want in life. Because every time you identify something that you want, it's a piece to a puzzle that you get to put together to build a life that you want, to create the life that only you can create. The third thing to do to develop confidence is to manage our minds. What this means, mental management, is first and foremost to pay attention. We have to notice what we are thinking. We have to acknowledge when we are feeling self-doubt, self-hatred, self-criticism. We have to notice and pay attention to those sentences and not talk ourselves out of them necessarily, but simply see them as sentences. When we hate ourselves and doubt ourselves and criticize ourselves, All that is, is words in our brains. It's not true. It's not factual. We might have evidence for it, but it doesn't mean that it is a fact when you doubt yourself or criticize yourself or hate yourself. It's just thoughts your brain is choosing to think. So when you can acknowledge those and see them as sentences, you open up the possibility to practice different things. So you give yourself options of what to think. Something like, I can figure anything out. I was made this way on purpose. I have strengths and weaknesses, and that is amazing. Okay, so mental management, we acknowledge what we're thinking. We see these thoughts as sentences and not truths. We practice different possibilities. We're curious. What if you didn't have to believe your brain when it criticized you or hated you or doubted you? What if you could practice something different on purpose? So those are the three steps. You get to know yourself, you get to know what you want, and you manage your mind. Now, if we don't have confidence, it's usually because we don't know ourselves and we don't trust ourselves and we don't know how to manage our mind. So that's why these steps can be so helpful and useful to start to cultivate the confidence that you want. Now, the final challenge I want to leave you with is for the next seven days after you have listened to this episode, once a day, I want you to do something that scares you, that challenges you, that challenges the beliefs you have about yourself. Okay, so some examples of what this might look like doing something that scares you would be to ask for something for free to give someone an outrageous compliment, to wear a sexy outfit, to public speak, to ask a stranger a question, 
to post something about what you believe on social media. That's my challenge to you. For the next seven days, once a day, do something that scares you. If you want to know more about how to cultivate confidence, it is such an amazing skill to learn that is so useful. As you know, you can sign up for a mini session with me and I can help you cultivate it. The link for that is in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a beautiful week. Thank you.